Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. I want to present uh, just a short message today concerning living on the fence. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, living in the limbo. In the limbo, meaning when you are in the forgotten or ignored state, place or situation. It's an uncertain and undecided state or condition. A condition between two extremes. Living in the limbo. I remember a, a young man who was married, who was having an affair. Came up to me and I started talking to him and he was so excited about his affair. He was alive and he was trying to convince me how to get his wife to agree that it's to his best happiness that he could have a stable relationship at home and a sizzling fire side chick. And he's like, why is this so wrong for me to be happy? Why cannot, can I not have this woman whom I love, I'm married to, and this girlfriend that I'm experiencing things I used to experience with this woman that I am at home with. But you know, things got kind of cold, things got predictable. There's this routine and, and I would like to have both the stability and the excitement. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking like, is he demon oppressed, possessed or I'm like, or is, is like, I'm looking and I was like, are, are you hearing yourself? He's like, please understand. He says, I don't hate my wife. I just simply want to have the best of both worlds. And he said, the, the, the chica that I am having an affair with, she's cool with it. She's completely okay with me having a wife at home. And I said, what about your wife? She says, that, that's, that's the concern I have. I'm like, she doesn't know yet. He's like, no, she doesn't. He said, how do I sell it to her? How do, so he's coming to me, not to how to repent, how to convince his wife that it makes him happy to have both worlds in his hands. And I said, well, good luck telling your wife. And as he's saying this, as bad as this sounds, adultery is sin. Adultery destroys marriages. And adultery, it does not fit anywhere, nowhere in the Bible and in the relationship. Even if you're not a Christian, it's bad. It's wrong. Period. But how many times as I'm listening to him, I'm thinking of a Christian who wants to have the best of both worlds. The devil doesn't mind if the devil is your side chick. And this is why we do it because we say this, we say, well, it makes me happy to have enough God that I don't go to hell and enough of sin that I don't enjoy God. It makes me happy, Vlad. It gives me, I love church on Sunday. I also love a club on Saturday. 
I love me a lot of ungodly things on Friday night but I, oh man I love God I don't have a problem with God God is the stable side of my life but I want more excitement in my life I want more passion in my life I want more excitement and desire just I just love that why cannot not have two and then you listen about hyper grace or greasy grace like I like to call it where it almost feels like you can do whatever you want and you're forgiven and you're loved and like man God will never leave me he's stuck he's boring but I need him why because the last thing I want is end up in hell when I die so I need God I love God but I need me also some exciting some awesome cool things in my life that I know God is not really pleased with but he maybe he will be okay with it it says in James chapter 4 verse 4 and verse 5 it says do you not know that the friendship with the world is the enmity with God in fact let's open James chapter 4 verse 4 and verse 5 James chapter 4 if you have a Bible app open it to James chapter 4 verse 4 and 5 now it's very strong language I'm warning you warning faint-hearted warning because James throws this he says adulterers and adulteresses Ooh. he's not talking about people who are cheating on their spouses he says do you not know he's not even saying an affair with the world he says a friendship with the world is enmity with God whoever therefore wants to be a friend of this world makes himself an enemy of God do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously meaning the holy spirit on this side who dwells with me i am married i am joined to christ the spirit lives inside of me he is not indifferent he is not a side chick who's like i don't care the holy spirit yearns jealously he is a jealous holy spirit not jealous like your ex not jealous like somebody who is overly sensitive but jealous he says i gave myself to you you're a broken piece of dirt i gave my son to you i gave my life all of it in its its entirety to you i deserve it's my right to have all of you not part of you not the Sunday you not the morning devotions you I want all of you I will not share my glory with you with, with nobody else I will not share you with nobody else so he yearns jealously see some of us want God as a side chick we want God who will simply want to have a little bit of us and be okay with it because that's exactly how the world is. Devil does not care if the devil is your side chick. He doesn't care about that. And so today I want to bring just an encouragement, a conviction and an inspiration to each and every one of you. The Lord wants to have all of you. He does not want you. There are people who are sitting on the fence today in this sanctuary and some who are watching us on YouTube, Zoom and Facebook and who will be re-watching it. There's one thing you have to remember about sitting on the fence. Something will hurt after about 15 minutes. It will hurt not 15 five you have the view of both worlds when you're on the fence but you usually end up having none of the worlds 
and you have this uncomfortable pain that will follow for trying to grab both worlds and being in neither of them fully. Christian life is boring only to those who are trying to have both worlds in their fingertips. You will never go deep with God when you're trying to keep God and the other one on the side. When that man looked at me and said that I want to have my stable wife at home and I want to have this hot little thing on the side, I simply told him, I said, if you would give your wife 100% of you, you will be shocked to see how hot and sizzling she is. You will be surprised. I'm like, you married that girl. You fell in love with that girl. That girl is still the same thing that can give you the same feelings. The problem is you're trying to get a 100% benefit from a 50% input. My first point, if, you, if we want to have full-time benefits with Jesus, we must stop being part-time Christians. If we want to have a full-time benefit from Christianity, it has to be not a part-time Christianity for us. Everything we see in the Bible, the benefits are for full-time Christians. There's just only one problem. If you spend your whole life If your whole life is spent like this, this is what happens and then you name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it. He will supply all my needs. He will bless me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. And so we begin to confess the full-time benefits. We lay claim to the full-time benefits but there's just one problem. If you are a part-time Christian, you can get the full-time benefits. You can't enjoy Christianity fully. It's because you're trying to indulge in the world partially. And then there's this fear of letting it go completely. The fear is that man I'm gonna lose my life. Yes you will. There is gonna be a loss of life temporarily until Jesus will give you the life that you dreamed of having and the life you lost to have. We can't be a full-time Christians benefits excuse me we can't get the benefits of full-time christianity if we are sitting on the fence if we are in the limbo i have the best of both worlds i have a little thing here on the side and i have this thing on the side if rapture happens i'm going up but if stuff happens in the culture i'm also having the culture and i'm also having christ i have the word but i also have the world most of my christians don't even know i'm a christian why because i'm a secret cia when i live with them like i am like them and when i am in church man i'll praise me jesus i love god and so sitting on the fence after a while your nuts will hurt it's not in the bible but it will hurt sitting on the fence means two things write this down sitting on the fence means two things it's having enough of the world that you aren't fully living for God sitting on the fence means this having enough of the Lord that you aren't fully enjoying the world let me say that again say this with me say having enough of the world that you aren't living for God having enough of the Lord that you aren't enjoying the world. I want to invite every each one of you to make up your mind and either live for God or live for the world because you're depriving yourself from enjoyment or indulgence of both. Be hot or cold Jesus says but please don't be warm because you are hurting yourself by not getting 
full benefits of neither of the worlds. You're not fully enjoying the world because you have enough God to make you feel horrible about it. And then you aren't enjoying God because you have enough of the world that God is grieved with. And it's sitting and living on the limbo. It's sitting on the fence. It's being friend. It's trying to keep the best of both worlds and really losing both of them. Joshua 24 14 says, Now therefore fear God, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Have you noticed Joshua didn't say believe in God? He says serve Him. He's not talking about believing in His existence. He's not talking about even trusting in Him for salvation. He's talking about fully serving the Lord. And a lot of us where we hide today is why we sit on the fence because we say I believe in God and I attend church. I do give my tithe but today I'm not asking you to add another day in your schedule to the church's schedule. I'm asking you jump off of the fence. My desire during the sermon is to electrocute this fence and everybody who sits on it to even either fall on that side or to fall on this one. Either you go into the world so when you go to hell you know where you went there for or you go into the Lord so you will actually experience the pleasure that is in His presence. Experience the joy that Christianity promises and you keep missing it maybe. You experience the commitment that your friends will see something is different about you and to be radically committed to God, to be radically fully serving God. Not enough to have a relationship with God, you have to have a reverence for God. It's not enough just to simply flirt with sin, you have to flee sin but to do that He says fear God and serve God. A lot of us we flirt with sin. Why? Because we lack that fear. We lack that full commitment. We struggle with certain sins that could be completely cut off if we will stop going one way and looking at the other way. If we will stop trying to see that we don't miss neither of the worlds. I want to have this world but I want to have this one. Man I don't want to be crazy. My friends will think of me. Man you don't know this. You don't know that. You don't know about the football. You don't know about the Hollywood. You don't know about the scandal. You did not watch the Oprah interview. Interview with those two spoiled brats. I'm sorry the, the queen and the, and the king. You did not watch that. You're not aware of what's happening in the culture because you are trying to keep both worlds. But God says, I want you to be in my world. I want you to leave behind the other world and go completely and be ignorant and naive of what is happening in that world. Why? Because you are serving and fearing me. Joshua 24, 15, the next verse, he says, And if it seems evil to you to serve God, if it's too hard, but God is boring. I don't want to be a religious crazy person. I don't want to be like one of those people that I made fun of. If it seems evil to you to serve God. If it seems evil to you that God demands your night, your morning and your noon. If it seems evil to you that God demands all of you. Joshua gives a solution. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Let me say it again. Not whom you will believe. Whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river or the gods of Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. See you have to understand this. When you as a man make a decision your house will follow you. When you start following God, I'm not talking about just believing in God. That will be my house, my co-workers, my friends, my colleagues. They will begin to go under the influence of my commitment to God. As for me, somebody say as for me. Come on somebody, somebody say a little bit louder to chat and say as for me. Drop that on YouTube right now. And my house, we will serve 
touch your neighbor and say not just believe but serve the Lord first Kings 18 21 in a message translation says the following Elijah challenged the people how long are you going to sit on the fence if God is real God follow him if it's Baal if it's Netflix if it's Amazon Prime if it's Hollywood if it's the clubs if it's being gay being transgender if it's being cool if it's socialism if it's social media if it's religion follow him but he says make up your minds nobody said a word see Elijah did not have a church like ours we speak back we're like yes pastor I agree say it again nobody said a word nobody made a move meaning they kept sitting on that fence he's coming literally he's trying to electrocute that fence he says please guys jump one way or the other he says you can't walk around still have the temple still have the priests still have the rituals and he says but one way you one day you're doing it this one the other day you're doing it that he says begin to make up your mind jump on this side or jump on that side but please don't live in the limbo please don't sit on the fence please don't try to get to both worlds live either for God or don't live for him because you're depriving yourself from the enjoyment of God when you are trying to get a little bit of the world and you are depriving yourself from the full indulgence of sin when you're trying to put God in your life choose one of them you may say well Vlad a little bit of sin does not destroy my relationship with God what if you would have a coke and I spit on it a little bit of spit you will never drink from it again what if you eat your lunch and I come in and I just on accident took some dirt from the yard and just dropped it right in the middle of your salad. You wouldn't say, oh, it's not a lot. I could just isolate that part of my salad and continue to eat. You will never be able to touch it. Some of you will be disgusted by it. See, devil, my dog does not mind if I throw dirt into his food. My wife does. Satan does not mind if you throw a little bit of God into whatever you're doing with him. God does yearns jealously and before you say well he just needs to get over himself oh really what if your husband will do to you what you're doing to God would you just simply get over no you say I gave my life to you man I deserve your heart back I'm entitled to it because of what I gave same thing with God he yearns jealously my friend I want to remind each one of you this is not a condemning message this is just a bringing us all back to the reality, to the basics of Christianity. If we want to have the benefits of full-time Christianity, it cannot come with a part-time dedication. Number two, Jesus is worth of everything you're afraid of losing. I think Ben Fitzgerald said that. That's what I heard it from. I asked him for exactly the quote. He sent this to me. So don't say Pastor Vlad said it. I copied from Ben Fitzgerald. But the statement is 100% true. Jesus is worth everything you're afraid of losing the problem with living on the fence is the fear of loss if I'm gonna come on Friday nights from 10 o'clock to 3 I'm gonna lose my TV shows I will no longer be in line I'm not gonna know what's happening there in the world of Hollywood but Jesus is worth every loss Samson spent a night with a prostitute 
Paul spent a night in jail singing psalms. Both had ministries. One bench watched, the other one bended his knee and worshipped. One shook the city and the other one walked out, still shook the gates, still moved in power. But he was an expiration clock because sooner or later hypocrisy, double life, the private compromise caught up to him. Jesus is worth everything you're afraid of sacrificing. Everything you're afraid of losing, He is worth it all. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy of the loss. You are worthy of my sacrifice. You are worthy of my early mornings and you are worthy of my, my whole nights. You are worthy of my tithe and you are worthy of my treasure. Jesus is worthy of everything you're afraid of losing. Maybe you need to put a relationship on the altar and you say, I'm going to lose it. Jesus says, unless a man follows after me and denies himself, picks up his cross, he is not worthy of me. You could be believing in Jesus but not be worthy of Jesus if you're not seeing your lost sacrifice as worthy of Jesus. Jesus is worthy of everything you're afraid of losing. Worthy of every moment of it. And one day when you will stand before God, one day, by the end of the year, when you look back at this year, you will never regret what you lost for the Lord. Your only regret would be is what you kept for yourself when He asked you to give it up. When we went into a 40-day fast, and right in the middle of the 40-day fast, the pastor from Ukraine called me and said, I want you to come and speak for me in Kiev. I flew in there. It's, it's been my dream to go back to or desire to go back to Ukraine. We flew in there. It was 21st, 22nd day. And I remember precious pastor, mega church pastor, churches under him, sits in the first meeting with me and begins to convince me why I should quit fasting. And he uses stories when he quit fasting God blessed him and says you're into kind of more of a legalism. He says you really need to believe in God's grace and I'm listening literally and part of me just wants to say I rebuke you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Get behind me devil. But I listened to him and I know one thing and my flesh, my self-pity kicks in. Vlad, why are you hurting yourself? 21 days is already a lot. Why are you killing yourself? why are you doing this we flew in there first class somebody bought us the tickets i first flew first time first class on the international flight i understood the deep revelation about the difference you can be in the same airplane total different experience same destination total different experience you can sit into that little thing where your back your knees everything hurt in the same plane you're on the bed there's a waitress that comes in, she serves you food and honestly as he's speaking to me, I'm remembering my first flight, first, uh, first class flight and I'm remembering the experience and I said, I don't want to go to heaven on the economy seat. You know the difference between the economy seat and the first class? is only the price somebody was willing to pay. Only one. So here is a gentleman who's convincing me to move to the, to the economy. But I say, I want a first class. I want to fly to heaven. We're all going to get to heaven on this plane called Jesus but in this plane there's the first class seats and there's the economy 
and for me I really felt like I need to sacrifice myself my body and my food for those 40 days was it easy no sometimes it was hard we know what the hardest part was self-pity it's when me pitied me it's when I felt sorry for myself and when I looked at my losses that I was doing and I was trying to honestly say man but hey why why are you doing this people are much more blessed spiritually and much more spiritual gifts and why are you doing this but there's this one thing I have to keep on telling myself Jesus is worth of every loss you're making right now I'm not talking about just my future my calling and God's gonna take me high none of that stuff because after 21 days none of that is more attractive you, you just want food for those who are like man I'm gonna fast for the power that could last three four five days you your motive cannot be power your motive has to be the Lord and you have begin to sacrifice your life for the Lord when we started to have night prayers on Friday you know I will be very transparent with your church I'm gonna repent of my sins right in front of you because from Thanksgiving to Christmas I've let myself go and I started to indulge in entertainment especially on Friday nights because the next day was the only day I had during the week that I don't have to wake up early for prayer so I always try to make up on Friday night all the movies tv shows I missed throughout the week because I don't stay up late I wake up early for prayer and I would do that and honestly in the morning I never felt good about it felt empty so when during the fast you know you can't be watching movies because you're like well why am I fasting for it's like going to a uh, gym working out and eating donuts right after that it's like at least you need to give three years three hours or something after that because the consciousness will eat you for lunch and so so you can't eat donuts so like we started to sacrifice that you know like started to give ourselves and then pastor Ilya is the one that started we started to pray on Friday nights and I remember the idea of praying on Friday nights sparked fear I said I'm gonna die Friday night what do you mean all night in prayer are you nuts what, what, what do you mean who does that what about my sleep crazy part I never thought about my sleep when I was bench watching I never thought about the fact that I'm gonna break the sleep and the ram cycle the moment I would go watch three four episodes of some kind of an action tv show but when it came to God I became such a health conscious person and I remember the Holy Spirit says are you gonna be Samson or are you going to be like my son who spent all night in prayer and he says Vlad your biggest problem is your fear of loss of sleep of food of everything and he says I am worthy of everything you're afraid of losing he's worthy looking back now on the 40 days that passed they passed like a like a thought if I wouldn't done what the Lord called me to do they would have still passed Look at the last year that you spent doing what you were doing it's gone and I'm pretty sure those of you who gave your life fully to the Lord you have zero regrets and those of you who didn't that's all you got is regrets you will go to heaven not only you will lose your reward you will gain a lot of regrets which is why the Lord's gonna have to wipe the tears out of our eyes you know one of those tears will be tears of regret it's not just gonna be the tears of joy for a lot of us there's gonna be a lot of tears of why in the world my church was praying five in the morning and I didn't why in the world we were evangelizing I never did it none of this stuff I did the minimum I could but I was always claiming maximum benefits when the preacher was there promising prophecy I was the first in line give me maximum so that I can do minimum there will be regret my friend there will be regret that 
some of us feel with that right now lack of enjoyment of God lack of appetite we can scroll through hours and hours but you open the Bible and you're like man why why am I can we be honest why am I not honestly I don't like this but I have to do it. Why? Well, I grew up in a Christian home. I know where I'm going to go if I don't do it. So I, I have to do it. I have to force myself. But the real, real reason is that there is an area of your life you're currently sitting on the fence. If you jump from the fence and give yourself entirely, what could happen to you? What would have happened to you if Jesus would get all of you? And if you think you're gonna have to spend you know 70 chapters a day that's not what Jesus wants he doesn't just want you to read more he just wants to have more of you that's it my wife doesn't want me to walk and holding her hand 24 7 that's not gonna be healthy for me or her she just wants my heart and when my heart is there everything else will fall into place and find its proper balance but there could be no balance as long as I am living a life holding both worlds in my hands. God says jump off the fence. God says get out of the limbo lifestyle and go fully serve me. I am worth it. I am worthy of everything you're afraid of losing. Somebody give God some praise right now. If Jesus is worthy of every loss, if Jesus is worthy of every sacrifice, every sleepless night, every tear, every visit, every evangelism, give him some praise right now. Give the lamb that is worthy honor and glory that is due to his name hallelujah hallelujah number three the best way to stop certain struggling sins is to fully surrender to God the best way I didn't say all sins some things we need to be delivered from some things we need to repent there are some things we need to go to counseling for but there are a lot of sins besetting sins that they could be taken away if we simply replace that area with God what some call radical God sees it as simply replacement God does not want radical you he just wants to be replaced over the thing that you used to be committed and loyal to I remember when Brian shared his testimony about when he would get saved radically and first month he would give his or second month his paycheck and Ryan would give a car Brian would give a car and you know and we were looking at him and said Brian you, you, you're giving so much away don't you want to start rebuilding your life because he spent so much time being you know on drugs and doing other things and and he said crazy how it was normal to give one hundred thousand dollars away to drugs and now it feels radical to give ten thousand to God and you make yourself of some kind of a big saint the Lord is not asking you to give more to him than what you gave to the devil at least the same when you were in the world did you go to sleep at nine o'clock on Friday no you didn't did you go to sleep at 10 o'clock on Friday because you study psychology no we gave the devil everything even though he beat us for it destroyed our finances destroyed our driving record our insurance is still three times our copay uh, or three times our premium because of what we did we're still some of us are going to be paying for the consequences of our sins our children will be paying for consequences of our sins of what we did we're done with those sins but we gave everything knowing it's destroying us the school counselor told us it's going to destroy you. The mama told you it's going to destroy you. Your consciousness, we still gave everything to the devil. We did not spare nothing. We gave ourselves everything. Now we're coming to God and we grew wisdom. Give little. Be wise with your time. Because family time on Sunday. 
and what that family time means is that every kid is watching Netflix on their own device in their own room that's not family time that's Netflix time we made an idol out of the family Sunday is not a family day Sunday is the Lord's day Sabbath Saturday is the is the rest day Saturday is your family day but what we do is we go running around like a chicken with the head cut off building everything and then on Sunday we go in and we say well now it's a family time that's not scriptural that you will never see in the Bible that Sunday is a family day you say but it's in American Bible is different than American mm -hmm. when, when we made a family an idol Christian divorces are the same in a lot of cases are similar to what the world is why because my friend the Lord wants all of us I am not saying that you have to come in here from six o'clock to six in the morning in the evening what I'm just saying is that your life your family has to be surrendered to the Lord or we have to stop doing one thing and saying the other thing the Lord wants to replace what the enemy used to occupy Jesus says and Paul says in, the, in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 he says I say then walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh he is not saying come to just to the altar not just get a counseling he says if you want to get rid of the fulfilling of the lust of the flesh indulging in the lust of the flesh he says pretty much you have to replace that by walking in the spirit but see some of us were like well Lord I want to have both I want to not fulfill the lust of the flesh but I'm not ready to the commitment of walking in the Holy Spirit I'm not ready to the sacrifices that walking in the Holy Spirit will produce I'm not ready to change my alarm clock and my schedule to begin to spend time with you in the mornings and consistently I'm not talking about reading the scripture as you are making food or scroll through Instagram I'm talking about giving yourself to the Lord walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh when Jesus when the Lord delivered Israel from Egypt he says to Pharaoh he says let my people go and he doesn't say so that they will live a beautiful life in the promised land so that they will serve me let my people I counted I think 19 times in Exodus when Moses comes to Pharaoh he's not lying Moses is not he's not exaggerating this was God's real reason to getting them out of suffering that they will serve me see many of us think God saved us because he pitied us God saved us because he felt sorry for how sin was hurting us God saved you because he wanted you he wanted you he wanted me yes he was hurt because of what was hurting me but God's desire for me was greater than his pity of my suffering because if you think God pities your suffering why did he allow Christians to be eaten by lions suffering is not what drives him it's a desire for you if you and I think that God somehow just wants to rescue us from the pain and suffering why did his son die why for 300 years all the Nero and the, the other emperors they destroyed and killed sometimes got the stomach of a Christian put pigs food and let pigs eat out of the stomach their food and the Christian would die in suffering why would God not stop that because that is not his number one priority his number one priority is he wants you he wants you let my people go so that they can serve me but when Israel got out of Egypt they thought he got them out of Egypt so that he can make their life better that wasn't the goal because the first three days they had no water and no food it wasn't better life it was a better Lord God wasn't replacing their life he was first replacing their Lord he was taking them out of a monster and making himself their master
he was taking them out of being slaves to making them being his royal priesthood but please understand God's goal number one is not to give you better physical life God's goal is to give you a better Lord but sometimes we become Christian and we think we are little meaning gods we are many little lords we do whatever we want God does not want that he says I want you to replace what sin used to be in your life make me that make me that instead of bench watching on five times or ten times on office he said bench watch the gospels make me that instead of spending hours and hours aimlessly browsing through tiktok god says i want you to go hours and hours through the gospel or through the book of revelation or through the book of romans you're like it's boring so is tv if you don't turn it on so is the tiktok if you don't log on to it so is everything else if we don't turn it on God wants to replace what used to possess you and control you not just remove it replace it if you spend four hundred dollars on weed and now you're debating me on tithing shame on you if you spend evenings with God and now you're coming in and you're like why do they want a Friday night prayer? Why would anybody do that? It was regular drug addicts that spent all nights in prayer. Regular Christians should spend also their time with God. I'm not saying every night but maybe once a week. Spending time with God. Pressing in three-day fast. Are you kidding me? Why not? Why not? Bringing your friends. When you tried drugs and you tried other things, you never went to university to learn how to spread weed. You smoked it and you sold it. You told other people. You never took sales skills but you became a little mini drug dealer. I know some of your testimonies. Evangelism 101 and you were making money. You were making friends, build a little pyramid and everything. And today's like, well, I don't know how to evangelize. You gotta be kidding me. We're teaching it, preaching it. There's school of leaders. I don't know how to tell my friends about God. Come on. We can do better than that. I'm sorry what got into me. Maybe it's just two weeks of not preaching that is something just... Amen. Are you with me? You know there is truth in love. Amen. Number four. Someone is currently living in revival. But unfortunately it might not be you but your sin. Somebody is currently living in revival. Unfortunately it might not be you. It might be something else. This came heavy at me last December. In Romans chapter 7 verse 9 it says, I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And I, I won't go into the theological application of this verse. I'm going to take into the practical application of what it applies to our spiritual growth. Maybe you were alive once but something came and now instead of you being revived you're spiritually on a life support but there's something else that is in full-blown revival it just happens not to be you you are in a revival the question is is it your spirit that's revived or is your flesh right now has revival meetings every night every morning spends money so where the flesh want to grow flesh is having revival or the spirit is having revival 
when your flesh has revival it will steal money from you it will hurt your relationships there will be consequences that will live so much longer than even when you indulge in the flesh they will live for years and years credit score driving record insurance premium there's going to be consequences that will be for years even after you stop indulging in the flesh but if you go into the revival of the spirit God will benefit your life for years to come your flesh will be subdued someone is living in the revival is it you or is it your flesh I was alive once last December I got heavy hit with the conviction it wasn't condemnation it was conviction what I was I started to remember the moments I was alive I remember the 17 year old me with Ilya we had nothing no MySpace Facebook ministry barely could put English words together but man we were hungry I remember started to recall those things because in order to come back to the place where you used to be spiritually and further you have to remember first and then repent you can't repent until you remember and and there are some of you here today you remember when you were alive before something came in commandment came in not a bad thing good thing maybe it's the kids that came in maybe it's the marriage maybe it's the degree the commandment came in so a good thing came in not a bad thing we're not talking about something was sinful maybe a blessing of God came in influence came in maybe what came in is the gifting your anointing marriage came in maybe children came in maybe business ideas something came in that was good and I died and sin revived I said to God I made a promise 2021 will be my most radical year what I loved you the most and that will be the year I will be remembering and then 2022 will be a year that's going to go even further than that and I said God you blessed me with money you blessed me with influence you blessed me with a wife you blessed me with ministry but God I want to be a living sacrifice and I'm I'm tired of remembering 17 and 16 year olds and I don't want to have a revival in other areas of my life I want a revival here I want to be revived as a person not just the church I personally Vlad wants to love Jesus more than Vlad loved Jesus many years ago I'm like Lord I loved you before and I did not know you will provide for me I loved you before I did not know that you will not fail me I wasn't sure yet I knew it in the word but I didn't know in experience and I trusted you now I know I want to love you more not less who's who's having revival is it you or is it your sin has the commandment came in and you died has the good thing came in and somehow it killed your passion killed your drive killed your pursuit of the God today I'm here to wake you up and to let you know if the Lord is God let's serve him and he is not don't do it don't don't deprive yourself of joy I remember one kid and I've shared this many times and I'll share it many more because it illustrates the power of the gospel precious child a kid came in young man on the youth service and, and looked at me in the lobby and he says is it wrong for me to smoke weed and I said for you no he said you gotta be he's like what about having sex I'm like for you of course not and I said look at this you're going to hell you know that I know that your mama knows that your school counselor knows that because he got kicked out of the school and I said everybody knows that I said what difference will it make if you go to head and you smoke pot or you never smoked I said if I would be in your shoes I would smoke as much as I can 
so that when I go there at least I knew that I didn't deprive myself from the indulgence of sin I said you on the other hand is a horrible sinner because you're trying to hold yourself back I said I'm a better follower of Jesus than you are a sinner I was like I go all the way you're not going all the way why he looked at me like that night he got saved <laughs> he gave his life to Christ <laughs> my friend let's be good Christians let's be great followers of Jesus and if not then go be a good sinner go you a lot of us were good sinners we were sinners with a plus like when we sinned we we sinned good we sinned in a way that we're still paying for it right now and stuff so we went all out we were not professionals we were not good at it we didn't study on how to do that stuff but when we did it man we did it with all of our heart all of our mind and all of our soul we, we went all the way and now when we came to the Lord I want to ask you please do not adopt this little place that some of you your certain parts of your Christian life are hurting right now because you are afraid of going too far you're afraid you're gonna lose yourself that's exactly what God wants he wants you to lose yourself so that he can use you and so he can ex you can experience the other life it's called the eternal life the abundant life and the new life that it belongs to you some of us experience the death the suffering but today God wants us to experience the resurrected life and that will happen you don't have to be skilled in it you don't have to be educated for it all you gotta do is jump off from the fence and say Lord I will follow you as much as I can I will go after you only I will love you and I will give my life to serve you and Jesus I want to experience you Jesus I want your joy I want your pleasure and I want you hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard you can find more of this great content on YouTube Facebook Instagram Twitter Snapchat TikTok and even Pinterest in other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.